Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we talk to guests who share interesting new ideas, challenging ideas, and just ideas that can help you to form your own thinking. got a deal for you today. We've got the real deal coming in, Brad Solis, and you're not going to believe what he's got to say. Yeah, I mean, we just scratched the surface. The neat thing about talking to somebody like Brad is you want to keep talking all day. So this will get your mind flowing and your excitement going. So here it goes. Hey, Brad, good to see you been a little while since we hung out and um what did we shared brunch a million times on long island right that little diner it seems like eons ago kent uh but yeah i think that's where the matrix began for uh creating <laughs> all these crazy ideas and things we've pursued since then because it's been about a decade since we first met am i correct i can't be maybe yeah. one or two years no i'm kidding but yeah Just about a, a decade <laughs> wow <laughs> it goes so darn fast i swear so I wanted to dive deep, actually, since we're already going back in time. So Randy uh, was a CFO of a company that you might be familiar with, and you brought a company to Wall Street. So I should probably just step out of the way here for a second. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, uh, way back at the turn of the century, I took a company to Wall Street, uh, LookSmart Limited, uh, was a search directory. Mm -hmm. Right. Fascinating experience. Lots of money floating around the dot-com era back then. So tell me a little bit about what you did. You was K2 Design, if I've... Yeah, back in the day, I got together with a buddy of mine who became a business partner. We actually knew each other from college when we went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we both graduated and moved to New York City to become creative directors and designers. And after nine years in the field, we were getting frustrated with our, you know, our careers. So we decided to start something based a little bit on our um, experience of hiking and mountain climbing. We called it K2 Design. And the first year we struggled. This is around 93, 94. And all of a sudden he walks in one morning with the newspaper under his arm and he goes, we have to become an internet company. And uh, I'm really savvy. You know, I looked him in the eye and I go, what the hell's the internet? Uh, <laughs> because in 94, a lot of people thought it was email or, you know, why would you want to do anything on a static page? You know, it was like that. So we sent out a postcard mailer and we had a young guy who came by and he started watching what we're doing. And he said, hey, I could sell this. And within 18 months, we went from me and Doug as business partners to having two more business partners, 60 employees. We had offices worldwide, you know, one in Dusseldorf, Germany, one in Washington, D.C., and we went public on NASDAQ. And uh, Randy, I don't know if you know anything about me beyond uh, any of that, but I'm a small town kid, you know, who grew up, you know, uh, everybody knew my name. And all of a sudden, here I am thrust into the international platform and being interviewed on these magazines and making business decisions with millions and millions of dollars. 
And uh, I still pinch myself to this day. I got a million dollar education from that. And, and so right around that same time you were taking your company public, I was just like, wow, can't believe yeah, this. It's, it's crazy how fast things moved back then. If you had a dot-com oh, after yeah. your name. It was like the Wild West. Yeah. I mean, we went yeah. from um, like four people in a garage in Melbourne, Australia to nearly 400 people worldwide in about 18 months. Listed Isn't after crazy? about two years. And it's just crazy. Um, six months after listing, the company was worth $1.6 billion. And they were, they were numbers I couldn't wow. believe back in those days. It was crazy. Yeah. But uh, wild ride, but a lot of fun. And I, and I look at it businesses. Was. To, I look at businesses today. Their journey is very different to what you and I experienced back then. Yeah, you know, it takes a lot longer. It's uh, the numbers are bigger. The investors expect far more. Oh, yeah. it must be far more difficult. Well, I I said this uh, to my fiance the other day. I said I couldn't start K two today. And that's because we were doing shotgun marketing style, although we had adjusted it to the digital world, we were still doing a blend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we were one of the first digital agencies to go public. Today, the shift is very, very powerful. I'm working with a software company right now that is providing individual marketing and advertising agency level promotion and content for agents individually that's how it shifted so powerfully mm, yeah. down to the individual today and we have the tools we have the technology and we have the speed to do it that's the crazy shift that's happening today that is some crazy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i couldn't have imagined because basically you know, we're, we're all from a similar background. If you wanted, let, let's go back 20, 25 years. If you wanted to be a, uh, promoted like Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins is being promoted, um, you would have to get a film crew. You'd have to come up with $25,000. You'd have to pay for the broadcast media in the middle of the night, which is what Tony did. All these things. Today, you can do it on the fly. You can do live videos and then repurpose them and put them out. I mean, it's it's crazy how speed to market has shifted everything. And now we have the support within the digital world. You know, but, uh, like I always said, back in the 90s with the dot-com boom, uh, AT&T was running around saying, hey, in the future, you're going to be able to tuck your kid in at night while you're on a video conference in some other country. They were talking about it, but they didn't have the infrastructure for it. Today, we have the infrastructure. <laughs> so it's been crazy. So... We're in the middle of this pivot. Everything hit the fan. Uh, I guess a lot of us were sort of expecting something to happen. Um, yeah. But now everybody's talking about Zoom. Everybody's online. The whole thing has changed. What's your putting your futurist cap on? What do you see for nobody's predicting 50 years from now? But I'm curious because I remember when we were back when you wrote your book, Liquid Leadership, you were talking about, you know, future shock. So what's the what's the what does the future look like? 20, 30, 50 years. Well, we have a generation now that is actually super comfortable with working wherever. They're the digital nomads. Now, I think that's going to continue. I think it's going to continue to the point of there's going to be a percentage of the population that is completely unable to be employed because they just can't keep up. You know, this, this technology is happening so fast, it's leaping over 
the the generation that's sitting there absorbing things. So you right now you have Generation Z. You know they're they're in their early twenties now, teenagers. They're so used to working with digital stuff and working wherever and whenever. Look at Randy. I mean, he's he's adapted to the technology. This is just going to continue like this until you're going to see people in third world countries doing, you know, multi-million dollars off of a laptop. And, and you know, this free agent nation ideology that Daniel Pink talked about, it's just going to, it's going to be forced and thrust onto people's laps. Because, um, I don't know if, I guess this is the event horizon, we can call it. Uh, the COVID lockdown forced people to use these tools, you know, before we talked about it. And I don't know about you, Randy, but I was one of these guys, you know, I hate to swear on the show, but uh, I was the kind of executive of ass in seats. I don't care if you can work remotely, ass in seat. Yeah. Nine o'clock in the morning, you better be at your desk working. And, and speaking of generations, I'm not sure that ass is a swear word anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Damn. Somebody, yeah. you, you, I got an entire room of corporate uh, executives to say crap because it was my dad's favorite line. You know, that's a yeah. load of crap. So uh, to that point, I struggle even today to seriously think in terms of a, a remote workforce who never appear except on 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 a call right that's yeah it's a sound we do it this is how our business works so it's well look at you we're having a call right now i don't know where kent is right now but you know you're from australia um although you're in in the states right now you could have mm -hmm. easily done this call from australia it would have been right. late at night but uh these tools we only dreamed of when i was a kid in the 70s you know 60s and 70s you know all our tv shows were pushing that in the future, everything's going to be solved. You know, technology is going to figure it all out. And so we had two futures. We were either going to be living on the moon, you know, do, having a cool job, working only four hours a day, or we were going to be wandering the badlands mm -hmm. of what was left of civilization. So there was no in-between. And our toys predicted all this stuff. So now we're being pushed to actually live this way. And you got to keep up. I will say this, a lot of people are having trouble keeping up, or at least they feel like they're not keeping up. I even uh, feel that way sometimes as a baby boomer, mm -hmm. cusp baby boomer, sometimes I have to embrace tools and slowly get used to this. And, you know, there's all these CRM and time management tools that I'm learning for the first time. Because I, I would fill out my timesheet when I used to have a J-O-B, you know, by hand with a pen. Mm -hmm. And now yeah, it's digital. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, software like Notion and Toggle, which are open source, and you can go in and you can put your hours in and you could do OmniFocus and things like that. They're so incredibly complex. And we're in a day and age now where I hate to say it, but you can, you can start an entire company, make a lot of money, and not have an office, not have a physical office. This is in, insane on some levels for some people who are listening right now. But that's the truth. So do you think Jeff Bezos is going to uh, actually uh, open up that office on the moon once he blasts off on that uh, ship? What are your over-under odds on whether the ship uh, makes it into the atmosphere? Uh, you know, I don't know. It may be a really great way to, you know, to fake his death and make his assets disappear. You know, the, <laughs> a lot of the elite right now, the wealthy of the elite, are getting divorces <laughs> to split up the assets. That's how I see it. But uh, Jeff's wife, uh, ex-wife, sorry, 
uh, is running around and giving away $2 billion here and $2 billion there to these great causes. So I've been paying attention slowly. But yeah, uh, it isn't just Bezos who's going into space. There's someone else. And uh, yeah, good for them. I think what's his, what's his name was going to go into space? Uh, Stephen Hawking really wanted to go into space, rest yeah. in peace. But it's such a funny concept. Would you want to go with Elon to Mars or Bezos to the moon? Elon to Mars. You know, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. So Captain Kirk, space, you name it. I want to do it. Captain's log. <laughs> but I, I would rather go with Elon Musk because um, he seems more down to earth. Like I want, I want to talk to a genius and he's a genius. I would, and in those situations, I would shut the hell up and listen for the first time in my life. <laughs> and just and just listen, ask a couple of questions like dude you know you know because when somebody's smarter than me i'm just it's probably smart to just shut up brad and listen so yeah uh, interesting because elon musk obviously a a thought leader very brilliant man so richard branson in a very different way has yeah. generated thought leadership and but both of those guys together with bezos who is a different personality again are leading the private space race so i find that very interesting that three very different personalities doing it you know it's very very interesting because i i watched some people who left you know after they had their millions and billions after they left microsoft they dabbled in the space race as well about 10 years ago mm -hmm. coming up with very new ways of getting into the atmosphere and things like that and i've been a huge fan of the uh, of the apollo missions when i was a kid i built the the saturn five seven stage rocket and you know i was i was really into all that stuff so i i watch it closely i would love for us to have a shopping mall on the moon I hate to say it, but that's what's going to happen, a shopping mall in the moon. <laughs> and, uh, but something, you know, that I think uh, we're going to start getting there. And I think it's pathetic that our own government agency, NASA, hasn't really pushed for the commercialization of space. Because even if you could just, you know, do it like Disney, hey, we're going to take a ride, that would fund a lot of the, the dreams that all of us are hoping that we can uh, see in our lifetime. You know, that dome city on the moon, that colony that uh, ability maybe to get to Mars. I would love to see all that. But, uh, uh, and also, you know, I was a big fan of C-Lab 2020 and, you know, those Space 1999, which mm -hmm. is a British uh, show, yeah. Doctor Who, all those things. Doctor so, Who. Uh, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer when it comes to that stuff. Love that stuff. So, Brad, what are you working on now? What's the what's the big vision? You're in Vegas. You're doing your magic act. Didn't you do magic some, no. at some point? No. <laughs> I did comedy. Uh, oh, comedy. That's what it was. After I left Wall Street and the, you know, the hustle bustle of a publicly traded company, I thought I was going to lose my mind. 95-hour work weeks, sometimes six and seven straight days of work for months at a time burns you out. So I did something creative, which was uh, stand-up comedy. And through the years, I've gotten phone calls for two things. This is a, the amazing part. Generational stuff. Everybody calls me about, how do you manage this next generation? Which, in the graphic design and advertising fields, we have a model we've used for over 100 years that a lot of corporations now want to adopt, Okay, which is uh, basically a results-only work model. We just do it naturally. We don't even think of naming it. Either do your job, meet your deadlines, or get fired. It's that simple. And, but we're doing creative work, which is fun for this next generation. The second thing I'm getting phone calls for is, and this is where I'm really you know, putting my, my future into, is 
I'm starting to coach and advise and work with entrepreneurs who are really getting into that million dollar arena all of a sudden. And they have very unique offerings, let's say, from software to real estate to you name it. And this, this once again, this is funny. It kind of happened by accident because people see you differently than you may see yourself. So you don't know what your, you know what your skill set is, but they, they see you differently. So I got a phone call from my friend Jeff one night. And he says, hey, uh, can you do a PowerPoint presentation for uh, a friend of mine? We're trying to raise two investment portfolios, one for $10 million and one for $100 million. I said, well, does he need speech training and does he need a roadshow to show him how to actually get that money? And he said, well, can you do that? I said, well, I did it for my company. I said, so I'll show you how to do it. So I sat with this guy and he is a master salesman. So I don't have to teach him that. But I did have to teach him how to use different language when he's presenting to accredited and non-accredited investors. So it's very different animal. So I started to realize there was a skill set that I had to help entrepreneurs raise capital, start to, you know, juggle treating their their idea on a napkin <laughs> as a business, you know, and start to move them slowly into this this more serious zone of, hey, this is a business now. It's not just you running around trying to sell this product that you you invented. It's now turning it into a business. So if you want to take a month off, you can take a month off and the business still runs. How do you get there? How do you go from startup to IPO? Which you and I know, Randy, we we know it well, like the back of our hands. So I'm starting to coach a lot of uh, these entrepreneurs out here now that are starting to be curious of, well, how did you do it and how can I do it? So it really helps on that end. Love it. Love this kind of work. Yeah. And ha- how are you finding responses, particularly from the millennial group to that type of coaching? My experience has been they like to believe that they have worked it out and become quite surprised that there's a different way. Yeah, I, I do get resistance from millennials. Gen X and boomers who are getting into their second act, they embrace it right away. Yeah, But a lot of times, um, I, I sit in a very unique place. I don't know how this happened, but I and Kent knows this, I can walk into a company and the millennials run up to me. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's like I'm the millennial whisperer that he called me once because I kind of get that mindset because I've always been in the creative fields. I've always been selling creative services. So they love that kind of stuff. And I do find that millennial business owners will give me some resistance until I use the right language. And then they kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, I could use that help. Now, do they have the checkbook for it? A lot of times they don't. But we find ways for them to come up with a way to take care of me while we hit milestones for them. Right. Nice. Very good. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And I love Australia. I've had a few Australians on my uh, my podcast, uh, specifically Brian Smith from Uggs. Probably one of my best interviews on Awakened Nation. And I'm starting a new podcast for entrepreneurs and only entrepreneurs, and uh, I'm going to have Brian on again. But Brian talked about losing it all. Yeah, uh, yeah and it was it was just great to hear him after I asked a, a, a great question. He goes, yeah, crikey, Brad, that's a great question. Just like that. I was like, oh, my God. I'm on the edge of my shit. You know how Americans are a sucker for accents. So it was fun. Australians have been flavors of month for the last 30 years. So I guess that's fine. How did that happen? I have no freaking idea. It's great. 
<laughs> so Brad, if you were to shill, so Awaken Nation, tell us about the new podcast. Where can entrepreneurs find you? Where can folks buy your book? All the things. Well, you can just Google my name or look for Liquid Leadership. That was my first book. We're doing a 10th anniversary edition, which is just a paperback version with uh, more design in it and things like that. And Kent uh, was very instrumental in helping me launch that book. He took all my crazy ideas and said, hey, we got to melt this down into uh, you know, gold. Because <laughs> I, I think I had 700 pages when I first came to you, Kent. You were like, no one's going to read this, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, but um, my new uh, endeavor is called Firestarter. And we're looking into, this is the, the thing. Throughout history, if you look in the beginning of the tribes, in the beginning of man stepping up uh, and starting to create technology, fire was the way we did it. Fire was the first technology. And where we gathered around the campfire. It protected us from the the elements, it protected us from the night. We got to have conversations with it. It also sparked technological advancements. You know, it's how the samurai sword was created as well as the, you know, the broadsword of William Wallace. We learned um, how to harness this and use it. And today, you know, you sit with your engine and it's a thousand little explosions in those chambers that makes the engine work. Well, entrepreneurs are fire starters. They start the conversation, they start something amazing, and they create change. And this is where we begin, <laughs> the legend of the Firestarter. That's awesome. So, uh, Brad, we like to keep these podcasts short and deep. Absolutely. So we're going to, we're going to close off now. How can people reach you? I mean, we know how they can find you. How can they reach you? You can send me an email at brad at liquidleadership.com. That's one word, liquidleadership.com. Brad at liquidleadership.com. You can also sign up for my podcast, Awakened Nation. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and also I'm on YouTube as well. So I look forward to anybody reaching out and touching base. And uh, thank you too for having me on today. Thank you, Kent. Thank you, Randy. Yeah, I love this kind of work. It's fun. It is indeed. Thank you for your time and we'll be talking soon. Absolutely. Thank you, my friends. Well, thank you, Brad. It was so good to have this opportunity to speak to a true thought leader, the real deal on this podcast. And Brad, uh, we're going to have to hook up sometime again to, to grab an omelet uh, with uh, home fries, but I'm not going to get to Las Vegas anytime soon. So maybe we can meet up on the moon, I was thinking. But you don't have to go to the moon to find out more about Dr. Kent and myself. You can just go to our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com. And when you get there, you're going to find in the top left-hand corner just a little button that says assessment. Click on that and spend a minute of your time filling out our assessment form. Now, we don't want to confuse people here, Randy. I think it's the top right corner, but uh, but it's all right. Uh, you know, one or the other. It could be the left, could be the right. You'll find it. You'll find it somewhere. Or maybe it's your right and our right are different. So, so just go stage right. In any case, speaking of stage right, um, you can click on the subscribe button, stage right or stage left, and then you'll get all of our episodes as we talk to pretty amazing people. So don't delay and... I hope to see you again soon.